You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I don't question our team's desire, fight, or effort ever. Come to work every day with a great attitude and mindset. I think it's just our overall execution and ability to try to play a clean football game. We're going to need to do a good job with who we have to contain on defense, how we have to handle their best players in a kicking game, what do we got to do offensively to take care of the ball and be productive and score. And ultimately, if we do the right things and we play the game the right way, I think you know it'll feel a little easier to us, not in terms of the opponent. The opponents are really difficult, but in terms of the way we're making the game feel. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And there you go, Raider Nation here from uh, head coach Josh Daniels. He met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. A little bit of him talking about motivation and keeping the team going through four quarters. Uh, it was a question that actually came from the question I asked them earlier about the struggles in the second and the third quarter. Then it was followed up uh, after that, and he was talking about no lack of motivation, no lack of want to from the team. It's just their execution, what they've been able to do or haven't been able to do to be able to play that consistent game, play all four quarters. And once they finally do play all four quarters, it becomes a lot easier. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Got my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home home studio as usual we call it studio q and of course it's always being brought to you by the jewelers of las vegas we definitely appreciate them shout out to my guy mordecai and of course everyone all the fine folks over at the jewelers of las vegas tell you a lot more about them later on still waiting for my guy sir whiskey ray to go ahead and make it happen man pop on over to the jewelers of las vegas go on and get him some uh some bling bling get some uh get some ring get a ring or something something since he's always going to weddings he might as well go ahead and make it really do what it do uh go check out my guy mordecai at the jewelers of las Vegas, but as I mentioned, I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. We just received the injury report, the first one for this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, since the game is not till Monday, it's pushed back a day. Normally, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're going to get the, the injury reports today, tomorrow, and Saturday, so we've got the Thursday injury report. Matter of fact, before I even let you know about the guests we have coming up on the show, I'll go ahead and go over it for the Raiders real quickly. Uh, did not participate, Devontae Adams and Nate Hobbs, something that Coach McDaniels told us about uh, earlier today day that Devontae is still nursing the shoulder injury that he had on Sunday against the Chargers, so he's not out there. Nate Hobbs with the ankle injury that he suffered late in the week last week. He did not play against the Chargers. He was not out there. No update either. As far as limited in practice today, Ja'Korian Bennett dealing with a hamstring injury and a shoulder injury. Uh, Max Crosby with the knee injury. Malcolm Kuntz with the uh, groin injury. David Long with the ankle injury. And Jimmy Garoppolo still coming back from concussion. He has not cleared the complete concussion protocol, but as Coach McDaniel said earlier today, he is in the final stages of that. So, again, with it being an extra day until the game has to be played, just my gut feeling, if I had to lay some money on it, I would feel pretty confident that Jimmy G is going to clear concussion protocol. But until we actually know for a fact that he's cleared, maybe we'll find out on Saturday when we meet with Coach over at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow. You know, who knows? But I think it's trending in the right direction for Jimmy G to be the guy come Monday. But we'll find out sooner rather than later where that's coming from. As far as the Packers go, 
Real quick, the guys that did not participate, Zane Anderson, the safety, uh, Devondre Campbell, the linebacker, dealing with the ankle injury, uh, Rudy Ford, the safety, with an oblique, did not participate, and John Runyon with a groin and an ankle injury, the guard, he did not participate either. Limited guys, uh, Jair Alexander with a back injury, uh, El- Elkton Jenkins, their offensive lineman, dealing with a knee injury, Aaron Jones with a hamstring injury, Eric Stokes with a foot Issue, he was limited. Zach Tom with a knee injury, limited. And Christian Watson with a hamstring, limited. So uh, there's a lot of guys that were, uh, you know, that are on the injury report for the Green Bay Packers, and they've been banged up quite a bit the last few weeks, and they still have found ways to get it done. They lost last time they played, which seems like now forever ago. They played last Thursday. They're not playing until Monday, and then they have a bye week right after that. So, I mean, it just seems like it's very stop and go when it comes to the Packers. It's like when they took a break, they braked. Right? I mean, when they break, they break. That's what it seems like. Again, they lost to the Lions last Thursday, and they've been off, and they won't play again until Monday uh, when they're at Allegiant Stadium taking on the Raiders. And so uh, we'll see if they're able to get healthy. But very banged up Green Bay Packers still found a way to beat the the Saints a couple weeks ago. They were down 17 nothing at halftime, and they rattled off 18 points to go ahead and win 18-17 after the half. So you got to give them credit for that. They lost to the Lions last time they played last Thursday out there at Lambeau Field. But it uh, seems like this team is starting to get healthy. And the one thing to note about this Green Bay Packer team, actually there's a couple things to note as we start to really prepare for this team heading into Vegas come Monday. One, the Packers are on an eight-game winning streak against the Raiders. They're 8-0. And I know they don't play them every every year, so it's not like you know the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. But the Packers are eight and zero against the Raiders since 1990, so that's a hell of a stretch right there. Uh, again, they don't play them all the time, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but they've been pretty damn successful when it comes to taking on the silver and black. And the other thing about uh, this Packers team is the way that they stretch the field and the way that they're able to uh, hit the hit the deep shot. And that's something I asked Coach McDaniel's about earlier today. Jordan Love is really good at that. Everything that they do offensively is not perfect, but he's really good at hitting the deep balls. As a matter of fact, he's had nine passes he's completed to 30 or more yards this season. That's tied for the most in the NFL with Kirk Cousins. So uh, there's just let you know they're not afraid to take the deep shot and something Coach McDaniels pointed out today too. When they're not connecting on that deep ball, they're also getting a lot of pass interference penalties. So I think this game coming down to it on Monday, it's going to really test that secondary. It's really going to test the safeties. Uh, not only do they have to play clean, not only do they have to try to go make plays on the ball, but they have to make sure that they're not committing pass interference penalties because if they do that, it's just like getting a completion. Like Coach McDaniel said, they're still picking up 50 yards, even if it's not a completion. It's just by way of penalties. So I think the Raiders in their secondary are really going to get tested Come, uh, come Monday because Jordan Love has that strong arm and has no problem stretching the field and at least attempting to go deep. But uh, that's just a little bit of kind of nuggets uh, go, uh, that as a, like going into this game. Let's put it like that. A few little nuggets just to think about as uh, the Raiders prepare for the Green Bay Packers. But I wanted to let you know the guests that we have coming up at 2.30. Rob Demosky from ESPN does a great job covering the Packers. Been covering the Packers like a glove for a very long time. So he'll join us to give us our real, uh, real deal preview of this team headed into Vegas on Monday. That's at 2.30. Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, the morning tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920 will join us at 3. And then at 3.30, we'll have Lincoln Kennedy. He joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday. On t- Tuesdays, we look, take a look back at the game that just passed. On Thursdays, we preview the game 
that's coming up. So Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 3.30. So Rob Demosky, 2.30. Vinny Bossignor at 3. Lincoln Kennedy at 3.30. we got some heavy hitters after heavy hitters after heavy hitters. And, of course, throughout the course of the show, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200. The don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. We'll also hear from head coach Josh McDaniels as he met with us earlier today. So we'll have a few sound bites from that that we'll bring up to on the show. And then also, it is week five. <laughs> Week 5 NFL action gets underway this evening. I can't believe that it's already week 5, but here it is. So we'll have our NFL picks coming up about 4 o'clock. And if I look back at the, the records overall, Ari, I believe I was 12-4 uh, and four last week, and I want to say you were 11-5? That's correct. There you go. So you were almost there. Almost. You were almost there. And, and funny, let's peel back the curtain a little bit. Yes. I always print out this the schedule, and I circle all my games, and – even last week when I circled the Chargers originally to win uh, against the Raiders, I said on the air, on this very show, all right, hey, I have the Chargers circled, but I'll put an asterisk next to it because somehow, some way, I believe the Raiders are going to win. Like, I just all of a sudden started feeling like I needed to go with the Raiders, so I, I changed my mind, which if I had stuck with it, I'd have been correct, and I would have been 13-3, and three, but that's okay. So I write that. I always write it down, and I have all the all, – every single week I have them, and sometimes I turn them into Ari, sometimes I just hold on to them, whatever the case may be. But I always do that because that's just how I roll. So Ari comes rolling in and is like, oh, I think I beat you. Or I think I tied you. I was like, no, you didn't. What are you talking about? No, I have you having another loss. And I was like, how? Look at my paper. It's right here. So Ari tried to – I don't, I, I don't I trust was, you, man. I don't trust you in your, in your, you your counting skills. I, I You're not really very good. I was not that aggressive, though. I was like, hey, I just noticed you have 12 and 4, so you know, let me just double check. Maybe I messed one up. And you that's did. That's more how that went. Yeah, I messed it up, but I'm just I know. saying. I didn't come in there like I got it right, so you know. I think he did. I, I think he came fair. in more aggressive. I give you, you know what? It's fair. So yeah. now I believe that makes it. I don't know. Even I'm trying to think. Well, I know I had a terrible to, first week, so I think that you're probably somewhat still ahead of me, but not by much. I think it's three to two, or I guess it would be two to two then at that point. I don't know. It, it's 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 really close, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like Q's gonna come with a vengeance this week then. I mean, look, if I go twelve and four consistently, and if I go twelve and four consistently every week, I feel pretty good about myself. Right? <laughs> right? I'm not like I'm not gonna go sixteen and zero or seventeen and zero. I mean, the NFL is a wacky place. It really right? Is. I mean, it's it's week to week. I mean, you really have to think about a lot of these different games and you know, kind of uh, you know, just sometimes you got to get lucky too. Sometimes it's just it's like there's no way that that's gonna happen, and that's the reason why it happens. So, uh, not not trying to claim like I'm some expert, but uh, I don't like to lose at these oh, things. Oh, I'll, so, I'll straight up know. say it. I am lucky sometimes with the uh, my record does not <laughs> is not indicative of uh, necessarily me being such a Oh, I know. I know. No, you're learning. You're learning. You're trying to learn. You're trying to you're trying to ride my coattails. (laughs) It's all right. I got you. I got you. You know. We'll we'll let you slide. We'll let you slide since you're doing a really good job in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We'll let you get on by. But uh, yeah, we'll have our NFL picks for Week Five coming up uh, around four o'clock on today's show. So again, Rob Domoski at two thirty, Vinny Boston, you are at three, Lincoln Kennedy at three thirty, NFL picks at four, and I believe we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels at around four thirty. Plus, Vinny Boston, is in the Raiders locker room right now, so whatever sound he sends over, and I believe he's going to send some uh, players over, we'll get that in on the show as well. So potentially a, a Max Crosby, potentially a Josh Jacobs. Uh, Devontae won't be speaking since he's since he didn't uh, pra- practice today. So no Jimmy G, no Devontae, but uh, whoever Ma- uh, Vinny has an opportunity to talk to, I'm sure he'll send over because he does a great job of that each and every time he has that opportunity. So we have a loaded show for you. We always do. We're excited about it. Uh, we're happy that we have three hours uh, with you each and every day. So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So as we jump into the opening drive, we had the Hall of Famer on Shereen Williams yesterday from Pro Football Talk. And I always like to go back and listen to the interviews that we do multiple times to see if there's like a nugget here or there that I may have missed or a nugget that I could take from that conversation and relate it to another conversation. And that's what I found when I was listening to the Shereen Williams interview again. And it was something that we were talking about when it came to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a team that a lot of people are surprised at right now. They're sitting there at one and three. We know Joe Burrow's not healthy. We know that. He had a calf injury during training camp. Uh, it's obviously been lingering. He missed all of the preseason, but he went out there and played. The first two games of the season for Cincinnati were division games. They lost them. Uh, they did pick up a win finally, and then they lost again. Right? So they're not, they're not looking good right now at 1-3. and three. Well, 1-3 and three is the same record that the Raiders have, obviously going into Monday's game against the Green Bay Packers. And so something that she said, and it caught my attention when she said it yesterday, but I was like, let me go back and listen to it just so I can see if I can relate it to the conversation as it pertains to the silver and black, and I found that I could. So here's the conversation, or here's the answer from Shereen Williams. My question was about hitting the panic button and how concerned should they be in Cincinnati as they're sitting there right now at one and three. At some point, you know, it, it is panic, and I, I think they're almost to that point where, where you do hit the panic button and say, we have to win, and I think this might be the week that you hit that. You know, they play the Cardinals. I know Joe Burrow called it a must win, but, you know, you kind of – really do hit the panic button if you don't win this week because you're sitting there one and four against a team that you should beat anytime with a good Joe Burrow, without a good Joe Burrow, you should be able to beat the Cardinals. Cowboys didn't do it. The Bengals should be able to do it. If they don't do it, then I think, you know, start getting ready for 2024 because one and four, you got a long, uh, you've dug yourself a big hole and have a lot of work to do to get out of that hole. So that was the Hall of Famer Shereen Williams yesterday from, from or yeah from yesterday's show Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920 talking about Cincinnati right but they're sitting there at one and three and she's talking about the hole that they'll have to climb out of that's very difficult to do if they drop to to one and four and there was a lot of conversation about teams dropping to zero and three if you drop to zero and three you're just about cooked well anyone who's listened to me for any amount of time. Uh, and listen to this show for, you know, a couple of years. I've been here since 2021 now. Anyone who's been listening to this show at all for a consistent amount of time knows that I find it very hard to say it's a must win in week five, right? Because mathematically, it's not, <laughs> right? I mean, mathematically, and I'm no, I'm no mathematician, right? I'm not that guy, right? I'm not that guy that's going to hit you with the, you know, the carry the ones, the algebra this, the square this. I ain't that guy. I'm basic math through and through. But I've always said, Look, man, week five, week six, week seven, not a must win, right? I mean, obviously you want to win. You want to be able to, you know, make it happen and start feeling good about yourself and get, you know, build up some, some confidence in, in behind what you do. But until it's like mathematically a must win, it's not a must win. But with that being said, right, I, I'm listening to what Shereen is saying about Cincinnati and I'm trying to relate it to the Raiders and I think – they need to stop this bleeding. They're currently on a three-game losing streak. I've talked about it before. They, they need to stop the hemorrhaging, right? they got to find a way to wrap it up and, 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 and stop, stop them from losing blood the way that they are. They've got to find a way to get things going. And then I look at kind of the rest of the AFC, and I look at the AFC West and feel like that the Chiefs are really starting to get their, their momentum going. Uh, the Chargers are still kind of the Chargers. I, I, I really don't have a great feel for them. And I don't think Denver is very good. Right, and so I don't think that the Raiders are in a in a position where the rest of the division is going to run and hide from them. But with that being said, 
How close to a must-win do you consider this game on Monday versus the Green Bay Packers? I know mathematically it's not, but as far as what Shireen was saying about the hole that they're digging, and also it goes with the confidence level uh, of the team and what they're playing in general, right? You, there's, the last thing you want to do is be on a four-game losing streak, right? Ask the Bears. Ask the Panthers. They haven't won a game this season. They're 0-4, so they're currently on that four-game losing streak. So how, how close to a must-win – do you consider this game? And on top of that, kind of a part B to this, if the Raiders were to lose this game on Monday and drop to one and four, would you be in that in that mindset in that? And would you be kind of ready to say, all right, I want to see what the young guys have. Right. And again, not throwing the season away, but hey, let's let's start to get let's start to get the young guys in and, and see what this team actually has and see what this team needs moving forward. And again, I think it's very early in the season to say that. But based off the conversation we were having yesterday with the Hall of Famer, I thought it would be a very valid and very, you know, reasonable question and request to ask the Raider Nation. So uh, really the most important part of this is how close to a must win do you consider this game? If you look at the schedule, and I don't like to go too far ahead, but you look at the schedule. I heard JT talk about it as well before we signed on. There's winnable games. We've heard that so many times. There's winnable games starting with this one on – well, actually starting last week against the Chargers, if you ask me. But there's, there's winnable games coming up, right? The next handful of games are all pretty winnable, but you got to start with one. You can't worry about next week's game before you win this week's game. So, again, how close to a must-win do you consider this game? Why? And then, uh, you know, would you consider saying, let's see what the young guys have if the Silver and Black mess around and loses this game on Monday to the Green Bay Packers. And believe me, it's not going to be an easy game. Matter of fact, the Packers are favored by one point in this game. They're a, they're a road favorite, only by one. And normally, when you're at home, you get three points. So, you know, it kind of lets you know how people feel about the Raiders and what they're going to be doing on, uh, on Monday, a team that has not put up 20 points yet this season. There's only three teams in the league that haven't put up 20 points this season. The Saints the Patriots, and the Raiders. Only three teams in the league that have not put up 20 points yet this year. So that's an issue, right? And then I saw people saying that, hey, you know, the Raiders out of all three of those teams, they're the only ones that have an offensive-minded head coach. I don't think it matters if your head coach is offensive-minded, defensive-minded. I think if you're scoring less than 20 points every game consistently, there's a problem. <laughs> I, I think there's no doubt about it that there's a problem when you can't score more than 20 points. The Packers coming to town, they can score more than 20 points. So, again, uh, before we go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200, I'll throw the question out there. How close to a must-win do you consider this game on Monday? And would you consider saying want to see the young dudes if the Raiders do drop to 1-4 after this game against the Packers at Allegiant Stadium? Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. How you doing, man? Good. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, um, yeah, I think it's a must win, but I'm going to say for different reasons than like kind of what you're thinking or maybe other people are thinking. Okay. I mean, I kind of predicted or thought that we might start out slow um, at the beginning of the season just because when we have a lot of changeover, it can make it tough to, you know, gel as a unit, you know, right off the bat. But besides that, you know, um, when I look at, you know, the NFL gave us six primetime games. Mm -hmm. And if we're being real about it, there's no way in hell the Raiders deserve six primetime games. So it's a must win because if we don't win this primetime game, we better uh, get ready for the flexing, and huh. uh, that's not going to be a good good thing. Yeah, We're going to start getting flexed out of games potentially, even if the Super Bowl is in Vegas. So 
you know, uh, I think we can get it turned around, and it is a must-win. And a lot of it is, uh, you know, we get flexed out of these primetime games. And I would hate to see that happen, but it's just the reality. You know, we got to put out a good product, yeah. a good show on Sunday. Um, I did want to ask you one quick question. Yep. With my my thinking of uh, taking a minute to get running on all cylinders, and this is kind of, you know, for me, what I thought might be the turning point around week four or week five to really start gelling all cylinders. When you have a like a situation like the Raiders had with a new quarterback not being there at training camp and a lot of new moving parts, how long do you think it should take for a team to start gelling on all cylinders? That's a great question. Thank, thanks for the call, Hardcore. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as that question goes, I would say, I mean, I would say that it normally would be four, you know, four or five weeks, like you said. But all of a sudden, Jimmy G was out last week. Right, he's dealing with the concussion. He's still he's on the final stages of returning from that, trying to clear that concussion protocol. Um, you know, it's just who knows that Devontae – I'm sure Devontae is going to play this week. I feel very confident in, in that. Josh Jacobs getting his legs back. I feel like he got his legs back last week. So I feel like around this time, four, five, six, maybe at the max. But if you're not clicking by mid-October, then, you know, what are you doing? You know, we always say it's it's about – it's not about what you do in September and October. It's November, December. You've got to be pretty close to who you are, I would think, by at least mid-October, right? If you if you go any longer than that, then you could look up and it might not matter. You might be out of it at that point. So I think that that's a very fair question. I love your point on on the flexing. We've already seen some games start to get flexed. Uh, they could do that. They could even flex Thursday night games. So we know that there's a Thursday night game with the uh, the Raiders and the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. That has a potential of being flexed if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, if they're not cooking by that time. I know it's much later in the season, but, you know, it, it never hurts to start looking at it now. You know, the next Monday night game that they have, I believe, is October 30th, but that's in Detroit. So that one, I'm sure, is not going to get flexed because Detroit's playing – oh, that can't be flexed, right? No, that can't be. The The Sunday nights and the Thursday nights can. So, you know, they'll be fine for that one. So that's three primetime games. The thing that trips me out about the schedule – is that the Raiders have only – this will be their second game at home, and they were both primetime games. One was a Sunday night football game and then obviously a Monday night football game. So that, that kind of trips me out. And then the Jets coming to town, that's going to be a primetime game. That one maybe has the potential of being flexed if the Jets, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't play better, even though they did play pretty well against Kansas City. They actually looked pretty, pretty good against Kansas City Sunday night. Uh, so they might just go ahead and keep that one on, on prime time. But uh, you bring up a good, a good point about that. So uh, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, we got this one from the 605, this text on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. If an absolute must win is a 10 out of 10, I'm at an 8 out of 10. I think this team is better than they're playing, but I don't think they're good enough to dig themselves out of a 1-4 hole. If we drop this game and our starters don't look good and we don't look competitive, start the new guys. That's a really good text. That is a really, really good uh, good text right there. And, yeah, if, if, if it's a – I'm kind of with you there on that, right? If it's a 10 out of 10 is a must win, then maybe an 8 out of 10 makes a whole lot of sense. I like that. And, and I'm with you on the digging themselves out of a 1-4 hole. Unless all of a sudden something clicks that hasn't clicked yet through the first four games of the season – I don't think that they're that good of a team to be able to do that either, right? One and three, I feel like it's kind of pushing it. I was really hoping they won last week to even things up at two and then kind of go from there. But, you know, okay, they dropped that one. So you win this one on Monday if you win it. Again, it's going to be a tough game. The Packers are no slouch. And then, you know, see what you could do the following week. But uh, really good stuff. Uh, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate it. Let's go back out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Juan the Smasher, you're up next. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's going on? Chilling, man. I'm chilling. 
I know that's right. Hey, Q, I'm fired yeah. up, man. All I got to say is I'm at a 10. You know, if, if you rate 1 out of 10, I'm at a 10. It's a must win. I don't care what nobody says. We need to go out there, take care of business, and smash these cheese heads. I don't want to hear nothing else, Q. I want to see my man, Josh J, running on, on first, and, first and 10. If he's at the goal line, give it to him. Come on, McDaniels. I'm going to ride with you until you get fired. But I don't want you to get fired. I want you to win, dog. You know what I'm saying? And everyone else is out there talking mess on, on McDaniels and them Raiders. They need to go where the sun don't shine. How about that? Let's go already. Let's get it. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Juan the Smasher. If there's one thing I can always count on, is Juan the Smasher bringing the heat. He's always smashing, man. I love it. I love it. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I respect that, man. That's really good stuff. And, yeah, I think Josh Jacobs really started to come around, man. He started to look like he was uh, rounding into shape uh, last week. You know, even though he was a lot of the work was through the passing game, he really, really looked like he was starting to come into shape. Uh, one more quick text. Uh, this one's from uh, the 619. Josh from the 619 Q. It's Josh. I think this game is a must win for sure. We got to bounce back and we can hit a three game winning streak here to really rebound. If we lose this game, I don't see us bouncing back because we still have to play Kansas City twice, the Lions, and some other good teams, so we got to take what we can get. Just sucks that home field advantage just doesn't really exist for us. I say if we lose to the Bears, that's when we say screw it and just look to next year and see what we got with the rookie because if we drop that game, then there's no hope for us, LOL. And that's a great point. That is a great point, man. That, that Bears game, and I don't want to look forward and too far ahead, that, the Bears are an absolute dumpster fire. They're talking about firing their coach after tonight if they lose. My question is, who the hell are you going to put in his place if you do fire him? Right? You don't have a defensive coordinator. He's already gone. Uh, you're, you, you're talking about a, a cluster F. <laughs> that is one big cluster F there going on in Chicago. We'll take one quick call, and then we'll get to Rob Domoski. Passionate Raider, you're up. What's on your mind? What's up, Q, man? You know, it's a big game. It is a big game this weekend, man. It has to be. There, there's no other way around it. It just has to be a big game this weekend at home. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. At home, in front of our fans. In the silver and black, Q. It just has to be, man. And, and, and you know, this is year two of McDaniel's draft. We want to see the young guys play because, you know, Q, this full draft this year, we drafted these guys knowing we weren't deep at positions. So I, I just want to see the guys get coached up, and I want to see them come out and play for the fans on Monday Night Football. That's it. Play for the fans. Let's go. goes passionate raider fired up look we got the energy look it was it was kind of doom and gloom earlier in the week now all of a sudden thursday man turn the corner from that wednesday now all of a sudden it's thursday and it's like man full throttle juan the smasher brought it passionate raider brought the heat definitely appreciate that keep those texts coming to 69187 keyword r how close to a must win do you consider this game and what at what point would you consider saying all right let's just see what the young guys could do throw aiden o'connell out there throw the rookies out there start to showcase them and see what you got 69187 keyword r rob Demosky from espn he joins us next it's radish radio 920 That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. 
you'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Herbert looking that way, pressure off the edge, check from behind, and he got out of it originally and then goes down. Max Crosby drilled him quickly off the edge. It looked like Herbert was going to get out of it at the 15, but then Max hung on to his ankles. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That was bad. Max Crosby with his second quarter sack right there last week against the Chargers. We actually are going to hear from Max Crosby in just a little bit. Vinny Bonsignor said that sound over from the Raiders locker room, which they got that going on right now. So a little bit later, probably about 15, 20 minutes from now, we'll hear from Mad Max Crosby. But right now, join us on the phone lines, our good friend from ESPN, Rob Demosky, covers the Green Bay Packers like a glove. And, Rob, it's always good to catch up with you. I definitely appreciate you as always. And let's start off with Jordan Love. Uh, it's been four games under his belt. What have you seen from him? Is he a guy that the Packers could, could build around? Yeah, uh, Q, that's the question that we all had going into the season. And, um, you know, I think so far so good. The Packers quarterbacks coach, uh, Tom Clements, talked to us uh, earlier this week, and he said he's confirmed what we thought. He's a good player. Uh, <laughs> now, there's been some shortcomings. Uh, I mean, right now he's last in the NFL uh, among you know starting quarterbacks in completion percentage, 56.1%. They'd obviously like to see that number come up. But I, I think that's partially – um, you know, indicative of the team they have. They don't have a single receiver with more than two years of NFL experience. They've been without some of their best offensive players for a bunch of the, the season. Um, Aaron Jones uh, had a hamstring injury in the opener, and he's just now coming back. Uh, Christian Watson missed the first three games and was very limited uh, on a limited snap count in his return uh, last Thursday against the Lions. They've had offensive line issues, so uh, you know, all things considered, I think they're pretty happy with where Jordan Love is. And, you know, there's there's nothing to suggest that, that he can't be uh, a guy who, you know, is a longtime starter here. Now, they're not, you know, it's not for certain yet. Right. But we haven't seen any, any red flags to say, oh, boy, you know, this is, this is not the guy. He, he definitely um, is showing them plenty of things to think that they don't have, uh, you know, they're not going to have to go out and search for a quarterback this offseason. How encouraging is it that even though he needs to get his completion percentage up, like you mentioned, he's been able to connect on the deep ball? Well, it's been hit or miss a little bit. And the, the, the deep ball, they've tried a lot of deep balls, which is a little bit uncharacteristic of their offense. Um, he's actually averaging the second most air yards per attempt uh, in, in the league. Now, that's per attempt, not necessarily per completion. Right. The best thing that they've done, Q, go, going down the field, is draw pass interference penalties. They had back-to-back games where they had two, in each game, two deep ball pass interference. Uh, mm-hmm. One was against um, the Saints, and really that helped them in their big comeback. And then they had one the week earlier against, uh, two of them the week earlier against the Falcons. Three of those four pass interference penalties have been 40 or more yards. So, um, you know, those yards don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, uh, but but they're important right now. But you know, they've yet to really like, um, you know, Christian Watson is the deep ball guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like we saw at the end of last year, you know, like those last eight games of the season, he, he was unreal in terms of getting shots down the field. And that's, that's something that, you know, they're still kind of ironing out at this point when, when it pertains to Watson. 
and really, um, I, I would actually be surprised um, if they took as many deep shots. They've talked this week to you about just trying to get completions, trying to get that percentage up, trying to get drives going a little bit more because they've started really slow. And, uh, you know, I, I think one reason is that maybe they are taking some deep shots down the field. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I've seen that he's completed, what, nine passes of 30 or more yards. So, uh, yeah, obviously they're attempting a lot. And Coach McDaniel says that about uh, the pass interference penalties today. He said that that's a big deal, and that's really helped them a lot in their yeah. uh, get, getting down the field. Again, Rob Demosky from ESPN is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned the offensive line being banged up, and, uh, you know, Bakhtiari, he's, he probably is not going to come back this season. But Runyon, right. I saw him get banged up the last time they were out there Thursday night against the Lions. Uh, what does the offensive line look like right now as far as their health? Yeah, it, it seems like once they get one guy back, they lose a couple others. Um, Elton Jenkins, their Pro Bowl left guard, looks like he'll be back this week. He missed the last two games with a knee injury. But, you know, you mentioned Runyon. He's the right guard. He's not only got an ankle injury, but he's also got a groin. He, has not pract- he did not practice today. Um, he told me that, you know, it's a typical basketball ankle sprain, which – um, you know, usually those take a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, so not having Bakhtiari either, you're, you're probably looking at their, their down two starting offensive linemen. And even right tackle Zach Tom is banged up with a little bit of a knee injury. So they have not really had and won't have their preferred offensive line, uh, you know, really at all this year. And, and, and that's hard for a first-time quarterback. Um, you know, so that, that's definitely an issue. Now, they are deep on the line. Uh, they, they have good depth. They, they were so deep that they didn't even draft anybody uh, this year. They normally draft at least one, if not two, offensive linemen. So it's not they're not in dire straits, but um, it's not ideal either. How much of an emphasis do you think uh, Aaron Jones will be in this offense come Monday? Yeah, I mean, he only played 18 snaps uh, last week uh, against the Lions in his return uh, from the hamstring injury. The baffling thing was he didn't touch the ball until – the second quarter, like that was that was very surprising. Um, you know, like a lot of coaches, Matt Lafleur has talked about wanting to run the ball more, uh, and, and so I would suspect that that they're going to try to do that this week. But you know, it's it's um, it's a little bit baffling that you know you have Aaron Jones back from the injury and you don't get him the ball, even though you play him eighteen times. I think he only had five touches. Hmm. Um, you know, AJ Dillon hasn't quite you know gotten going yet this year either. So they need something. They need something positive from the run game. And, um, you know, they, they've had the, the little bit of the, the longer week coming off the Thursday game. You would think that they would use that time to make some adjustments, but we'll see. You know, I was on ESPN Radio last Thursday when the, the Packers played the Lions, and Matt LaFleur was angry, I mean, to say the least, right? He was really angry and fired up following the game. How do you think the team responds to that energy and that fire that the coach was showing last time out? Yeah, typically they've been really good in bounce-back situations under LaFleur. Um, his first three years, I don't think they lost back-to-back games. Last year, obviously, was a little bit of a different story. Um, you know, he, he, he most of his frustration was aimed at the run defense. And he said to the point where it was a really eye-opening statement where he said, we can't just keep doing the same things and expecting different results. That's the definition of insanity. And that seemed to be a major, major call out to the defensive coaching staff, which has, you know, come under fire, especially defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Um, you know, the run defense has been bad before he got here, and it's still bad with him here. It's just it's been baffling how organizationally they just have not been able to figure out how to, how to field a decent run defense. And it's not for lack of resources, Q. They have seven 
first-round picks on their 53-man roster right now. Seven first-round picks on the defensive side of the ball wow. alone. Um, and they have an eighth in uh, Eric Stokes, who's on PUP but returned to practice this week. If he's activated this week, they would have eight defensive players that were taken in the first round. And um, I don't know how many more resources you can devote to a defense than that. No, you're right about that. You're right. And, and the Raiders have not been able to run yet so far this year, uh, but I'm expecting that they're going to try to have a heavy emphasis, especially since the Green Bay Packers are struggling to stop the run. It's almost one of those things like, Rob, which one's going to get right first, the run yeah. defense or the run game? <laughs> yeah, and if, if the, uh, the Raiders, I think, are last in the league in rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Mm-hmm. If the Packers can't stop that, then, I, you know, who knows, maybe with their bye week coming up, maybe Matt LaFleur does make a – coaching change on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think he will. That's never been in his nature. But if, if the Raiders uh, shred them, which is a, a word that he has used uh, this year about his run defense, and he's also used the word gutted, if they shred them or gut them, boy, it could get, you know, it could get ugly here. Yeah, it could. Again, Rob Demosky from ESPN is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Keyshawn Nixon, he's a guy that Raider fans are very familiar with. He was playing with the Raiders at one point. Now he's in Green Bay. He was never used as a kick return guy in, in Vegas and yeah. with the Raiders, but he was in Green Bay. How come it, it haven't really got him going this year in that kick return game? Yeah, I think it's a good question, Q, but I think if you look a little bit deeper at last year, you know, he really didn't um, – didn't do his damage till late in the year and that's because you don't get a lot of opportunities early in the year when the weather's good and they're kicking it nine yards deep late in the year especially you know up here in green bay when the weather turns it's a lot easier to get reps at the return spot because kickers just aren't able to to pin them you know to to knock it into the back of the end zone so I, i don't think there's any you know any panic there with him um you know he he's playing a lot more on defense this year he's their nickel corner uh, and believe it or not, they actually used him on offense and got on the ball once mm. as well. They ran like a jet sweep, and he picked up, I think it was 11 yards, 10 or 11 yards. So uh, they're trying to get the ball in his hands any way possible. I just think that if you look at the return aspect of it, um, you know, it, I think it's, it's probably going to be a little while before you know, he can get any real good opportunities. Now, he's been bringing it out from eight, nine year, yards deep and, and really hasn't, you know, he's gotten it back to the 20, 25-ish, but hasn't really broken anything yet. What is it that all of a sudden clicked, though, in Green Bay when it comes to Keyshawn Nixon? I mean, he was used on defense for the Raiders, but that was kind of sparingly, and all of a sudden now he's this jack-of-all-trades in Green Bay. Yeah, opportunity, I think. I mean, it's just, you know, he's like you said, the Raiders didn't even try him as a kick returner. Mm -mm. Um, And and he hadn't done it, I think, since college. So, uh, you know, it had been a long time. And, you know, the Packers, I think, were just in a situation where they were desperate. Uh, you know, they had gone through a couple different guys as returners, and they had fumble issues. A guy named Amari Rogers uh, had some fumble problems, and they cut him, you know, during the season. So it, just, it was just about getting an opportunity. Um, you know, he, he seems really happy here, um, and, he, and he seems to fit in really well, uh, both on special teams and in defense. And look, I mean, Rich Passaccia Rich is the Packers special teams yep. coordinator. You know, Rich was with him with the Raiders, and yep. I mean, you know, he knew what he can do, what he could do. It was just a matter of, you know, giving him that opportunity. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. I'm excited for him. I, I always liked Keyshawn Nixon. Thought he was a really good dude. And of course, yeah. Raider Nation loves them some Rich Passaccia. He eats for free in Vegas. He's probably the only <laughs> one, Rob, that eats for free in Vegas. But he eats for free in Vegas. Really good stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you on Monday night. Sounds good, Q. We'll be seeing you.
All right, brother, there he goes. Rob Demosky, fantastic job covering the Packers like a glove for ESPN. And, yeah, look forward to seeing Keyshawn Nixon back. I'm, I'm a Keyshawn Nixon guy. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I think he's a hell of a dude. And, of course, his story and the way he got to the Raiders and uh, everything that he's put out there. I'm, I'm happy for his success. And, of course, Rich Bisaccia, I don't think anyone talks bad about him. Uh, now he's up in Green Bay, and so he's got his opportunity to do what he does. But the special teams unit just hasn't really been what – you know, they expected it to be uh, the second year with uh, Rich Masaccia there. But, again, I don't think anyone talks bad about Rich. So uh, thanks to Rob Demosky. We definitely appreciate him. Thank you to Vinny Bonsignor, who's going to join us at the top of the hour. He sent over Mad Max Crosby, so we, we got that on the way. Well, as a matter of fact, we'll come back and hear from Mad Max Crosby. But, Ari, you have some winning that you uh, you, you have for me uh, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You want to give some away here? What do you want to give I away? I do. We love winning. Uh, I got a four-pack of tickets to soccer in Summerlin. Uh, Las Vegas Lights, actually, yeah. that kind of soccer. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, yeah, that's that Las Vegas ballpark, right? They're turning correct. it into, that's right. That's, Under okay. the lights. Yeah, there it is. Theme there. So they're taking on the Colorado Springs Saturday, uh, October 7th at 7.30 p.m. You can get tickets at aviatorslv.com or call me right now. At 702-365-9200. Yeah, that's Many the number. times I that's answer a, Hey, I'm glad I you said that with confidence. <laughs> I'm glad you said that with confidence. Boy, he was like, uh, I answer it. I don't usually nine, call it. 911, so. <laughs> I think, is the number. <laughs> that's, that was what I needed just now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, once more for those in the back, 702-365-9200. There um, it is. Caller 9, hit me up right now. There you go. Call it number nine, man. You want to go to soccer in Summerlin, man. You want to go hang out at Las Vegas Ballpark. We got your tickets. We got a four-pack of them, and we got Max Crosby on the way. It's Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got my man Vinny Boston York coming up at the top of the hour. He's at Raiders HQ right now going through the Raiders locker room talking to different players like Max Crosby. We'll actually hear from Max following Vinny. So around 3.15-ish, we'll hear from Max Crosby. We just don't have enough time to play it right now and get to Vinny at the same time. So I don't want to rush Max. I want everybody to be able to uh, hear what he has to say, and we can talk about him as well. So that will come up right after we talk to Vinny. So uh, we'll talk to Vinny. We'll probably wrap up around 3, 12, 13, 15-ish at the, at the latest, and we'll go right into Max following Vinny. That'll come up then. Want to give a big shout-out to David, who is a winner of the four-pack of tickets to go see soccer in Summerlin at the Las Vegas Ballpark uh, because of the uh, the, the, the lights. Uh, they're, the, they're playing their, their soccer matches. Uh, they're turning the, the ballpark into a pitch, and so they're uh, doing that out there at the Las Vegas Ballpark, which is a great place to go. We'll have more tickets to that coming up later in the show, so uh, look forward to that, but uh, big ups to my guy, David. I threw the question out there before we talked to Rob from uh, ESPN, talking all things Packers. How close to a must-win do you consider this game? Would you consider it um, one of those games that if they drop to 1-4 that you start talking about, well, let's see what the young guys have. So that's the question that I threw out there to you at 69187, keyword r Before I get to a couple of those texts, I do want to uh, update you on Raiders' roster moves that they made, and it's not to the active roster, but instead to the pr- to practice squad. They signed cornerback Rajon Wright to the practice squad. If that name sounds familiar, he's a Bay Area guy. Uh, last chance, you. If you remember that uh, that that opportunity, uh, he's a he's like I said, a Bay Area native. He's a cornerback. His brother Nation plays for the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of cool that Rajon Wright is now on the Raiders practice squad, and they released tight end John Sh- Samuel Shanker from the practice squad to make room for Rajon Wright. So uh, yeah, now he's. He's part of uh, he's part of the Raiders practice squad, and that was uh, Laney College back in in Oakland. 
Uh, that was that last chance you think. So uh, that was that was a pretty cool series. I remember talking to uh, their coach, Coach John, after after uh, that series was wrapped up. That was pretty pretty cool. So hopefully uh, we get an opportunity at some point to talk to Ray John. He's a good dude. He's a guy who who one thing I know about him, he knows how to create turnovers. <laughs> he he's a cornerback that goes and looks for the ball early, and he goes and looks for the ball often. So uh, there's a little bit of a uh, update on the practice squad. Uh, got this text from the 707 from Brad. Uh, he said, this is definitely a must win if there's any hope of breaking this fall. However, every game is going to be a must win because of the position we keep putting ourselves in each week prior. But a previous caller hit the nail on the head as well. If we keep stinking up these primetime games, there won't be many. So with all that said, it starts on Monday. And, yeah, thanks, Brad, for that text. We appreciate you. And it's hard to say that every, every game is a must win, but I understand what you mean. Right, the Raiders have to get right, and they've got to get right in a, in a major way. And there was a point last season when they went on, what, a three-game winning streak when they had a couple walk-offs, and all of a sudden it felt like they were getting some real good momentum, and then I believe they went to where? New Orleans and stunk up the place. Is that when they went to New Orleans and couldn't get past the 50-yard line? And they never seemed like they were able to get things right after that. So uh, that was that was just a weird turn of events. Then they went on from New Orleans to to uh, stay in, uh, on the east side, on the east coast, and, and go to Jacksonville. And that didn't work out very well. That was an L. So it just seemed like that that little trip to New Orleans kind of threw off the, the momentum that they had had and they built up when they were on that winning streak. I uh, got a text from the 626. Mr. Q, ever since the Raiders had Carr as a quarterback, I used to continually blame the poor winning record on him. But now he is no longer here, and four games into the season, it's the same results. When is the change coming? Go Raiders. That's from the 626. And – that's a good question. I think everybody's asking that question. When does everything get turned around? At what point does things get turned around? At what point do the Raiders start winning consistently? You know, at what point are we talking about must-win games in week five? <laughs> right? At, at what point do you feel confident that this team has all the, the pieces in place and, and they're not underachieving? Because that's what they're doing. They're underachieving. It's not like they don't have talent. There's some Raiders teams of the past that you can look at and you're like, yeah, they don't have talent. They, just, they have guys that would not be starters on other teams. But that's not the Raiders. The Raiders have starters. They have guys that would be starters, and they have guys that would be stars on other teams. Right? I mean, three of them off top of our heads are Josh Jacobs, uh, Devontae Adams, and Max Crosby. Those guys are stars on, on any team they're playing on. Any team. I don't care what team it is. Right? They, they have guys that can get it done. They just have to go out there and do it and execute. You know, they have Colton Miller. He's a solid offensive lineman. Right? I'm not saying he's a star. He's a solid offensive lineman. They have guys that can get it done. So I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't know what the big hang-up, I guess, is on why they can't get this thing turned around. Marcus Epps, he was a starter all last year on a team that went to the Super Bowl. He played more defensive snaps than anybody on that Eagles defense. He's a starter, right? He's a starter on that team. He's a starter on a lot of teams across the NFL. They've got to be able to turn, turn that into something. Marcus Peters, I know he's older in the tooth. He's been a starter his whole career, right? He's, he's older in the tooth, don't get me wrong, but he's been a starter. He is a starter. So, I mean, there's, there's dudes. They just got to go and they got to figure it out. They got to get it done. Now, there's other guys that, you know, obviously you could always upgrade the positions, but for the most part, it's not from lack of talent. It's from lack of execution. That's coaching and players. It's not, it's not exclusive to one, right? The coaches got to put the players in position. The, the players got to go out there and execute. And I'll say, and Amber Theo Harris brought this up earlier this week on the show, Patrick Graham, for all the hell he catches, he put his players in good position last week to make plays against the Chargers. A lot of times they did come up with the plays, and a lot of times they didn't, right? It was about split, about half, half and half. And the missed tackles, 
that's that's not on the coaching at all. The missed tackles is 100% on on the players. And somebody asked me, like, you know, Nate Hobbs missing last week. That's not a big deal, right? What does Nate Hobbs bring to the table? Well, he, he could tackle, right? He doesn't create a lot of turnovers, but there's one thing Nate will do. He'll get in there, he'll mix it up, and he'll get, he'll get you to the ground. He doesn't miss a whole lot of tackles. The Raiders missed a whole lot of tackles last week against the Chargers. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor. He'll kick off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.